Welcome to Top Stories. I am Andy Zaltzman telling you what was the biggest news story in the world in a time gone by when the Bugle podcast reported on it. Uh, The specific time gone by today in uh, Top Stories is October 2019. Now, Donald Trump has very kindly provided so many top stories for us over the years. I mean, ideally, he'd have maxed out at zero top stories, but unfortunately, as we know, he did not have the self-restraint for that. He really is the gift that keeps on punching you directly in the ethical solar plexus. In uh, October 2019, Hari Kondabolu and Helen Zaltzman uh, were here with me to try to make sense of his latest, can we say, achievements? I I don't think we can. Anyway, this is from issue 4124 of The Bugle, entitled Peak Nigel. Top story this week, America. Uh, well, Harry's just, uh, well, I mean, bring us up to date with what's uh, what's been going on in, uh, well, impeachment land. Well, um, there's been continued f***ery. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the Democrats have decided that they're trying to push on with uh, impeachment, so they're doing an inquiry, uh, which is really exciting. And I feel like after the whole process is over, um, you know, we'll finally get Trump out with like a year left to go in a second term. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Very timely. That's right. 12, also, 12 and a half percent off. Can't, can't argue that. It, it's time for revolution and justice, Andy. And when I think revolution and justice, I think congressional hearings and reports. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of paperwork. The Les Miserables style musical of that is going to be spectacular. Just people paper, singing paper, on a big pile of paper, papers. paper. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have the smoking gun yet, or is it impossible to find a smoking gun in a room so full of smoke that you can't see the end of your own nose anymore whilst the echoes of multiple gunshots echo eternally around the walls? It feels like there's lots of things that are close, and technically he's getting away with it, but when you put them all together, you're like, something's going on. Like with this phone call that he had with um, the Ukrainians, which the fact that they put out the transcript and clearly there's some indication he did some wrongdoing and yet he's still talking about it indicates that he has no faith whatsoever in the democratic process to remove him from office (laughs) which is one thing trump and i agree on do you think he even knows about the democratic process i mean he has no clue what any of this stuff means it's boring he doesn't want to (laughs) know And, and 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 the thing is, he's been right. It, it, it has been boring, and it hasn't led to anything. So he actually has saved his time not being too concerned about it, other than a few angry tweets. There's something... I feel like there's a... There's an element of banality of evil here, like, in terms of how we haven't overturned... Like this, this, this person is is as close to a tyrant as we've ever had in office, and people are just going along with it. And I feel like there's an element of banality of evil. You know, uh, people are just doing their job. I'm just doing my job. I don't want to question anything. He's still the leader. He's still the president. I'm just doing my job. You know. Uh, but there's also a problem with democratic bureaucracy when you deal with madmen because bureaucracy is slow. It's slow, right? Yeah. So he could say, I want the Constitution set on fire and the Lincoln Memorial to be in blackface. And the Democrats would be like, well, how do we feel about this? <laughs> I don't want to come off as an elitist who doesn't like a good Constitution burning <laughs> or who makes everything like blackface about race. 
<laughs> let's have a congressional hearing, but first, let's have several congressional subcommittees <laughs> look at it. Oh, you know also, things are heating up when there are subcommittees. <laughs> oh, no, that means, oh, we're going under. <laughs> We're going under the committees. <laughs> also, 47% of people disagree with the president, 33% agree with him, and 20% don't have an opinion because they're f***ing morons <laughs> and, and they'll likely be running for Congress. <laughs> I mean, that's quite impressive, actually, to have 20% after, what, three years of, uh, of Trump. If you've not... Well, I made up those numbers, Andy, okay. but like... Give him a chance, Andy. Right. Just to see what, he, <laughs> see what happens. Made, made up numbers are, you know, what, what, it, what it's all about. I mean... He I loves like... to make up numbers and things. Yeah. Um, the uh, 2020 presidential uh, race, Harry, what's... Um, uh, who, who's your pick to, to romp to, to victory? And um, is, is Trump... What, what, what are the chances of Trump holding on to his trophy? Oh, this country's pretty stupid. I think it's pretty high. I've been incredibly, like, I, I didn't think I could get more disappointed, and I continue to be disappointed. Um, I like Bernie, and I like Elizabeth Warren. Bernie's having heart issues, and so he's had to suspend his campaign, which is which is upsetting. Because the worry to me is not the heart issues part, the fact that he, I think, had to get a couple of stents. The worry to me is that I expected him back to work the next day. Right. Because he's the type of guy that, like, he just pops back up. So <laughs> that's a bit of a worry. Uh, I still do like the idea of, of him as president with potentially Liz Warren as vice president. Because that way you get the socialist in office for a while. And, you know, he's like in his 70s, but he's in, he's like an old 70-something. Uh, so that way you get Bernie Sanders as president, but you eventually get Liz Warren probably within months of him being elected. <laughs> Aren't you a bit sick of, though, of old white men being in power, Harry? Because I am. Oh, yeah. Um, also, every other candidate is basically just publicly interviewing for a cabinet position. It's, they're not going to win, <laughs> but they waste so much money. Beto O'Rourke, is, it's just insulting that he's... He lost his Senate race to Ted Cruz. And yet after that, he feels fully qualified because he is white and mediocre, and that makes him fully qualified to run for president of the United States. So, I mean, losing to Ted Cruz, is that sort of the equivalent of lo losing to a rhinoceros in a knitting competition? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's in Texas, so that rhinoceros still would have gotten a percentage. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's like, if you can't beat Ted Cruz, what are you going to do for the rest of the country? He really, he's been a congressman in El Paso. So, I mean, it's just, and he speaks Spanish, kind of. <laughs> Yet more uh, stories about Trump's um, lively attitude towards immigration and uh, some I interesting tactics that he's been apparently uh, in, in favour of, including uh, a moat full of alligators and uh, shooting immigrants in the leg. Uh, or, Would the or alligators legs. be armed? Uh, I don't know if the alligators will be doing the shooting. Um, I mean, why not? In, in in the fantasy world that the world now lives in. Um, an alligator, for those who don't know, is a large carnivorous reptile. It is possible that Trump is also planning to use his moat to drown all the alligators who have made allegations against him. Although, if all of them are drowned in the moat, of course, uh, and even if the moat was a mile wide and 50 metres deep, the naughty Mexicans would be able to just walk over the pile of bodies. Um, Trump, uh, he, I mean, he's denied that he's considering a moat, whether with alligators or not, for the USA. And, I mean, I can understand that. They don't work. Take that from us in Britain. We've got a f***ing massive one and still 
Still, people keep coming over here for whatever reason. Uh, and the shooting immigrants in the legs, Harry, that was uh, apparently to, to slow to slow them down. So it's part yeah, practicality he, and then just part outright sadism. Yeah, he was all into it until he was told that it was illegal. Right. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, isn't it frowned upon in the states to shoot, not to kill? You know, if yes. like you shoot a, an intruder in the arm, then you're in more likely. Then you're more likely to get prosecuted than if you kill them. In some states, yeah, especially when it's like a guest here country. If if they're if they're a in guest. America and they live here, you can murder them. But if they're guests, it seems a bit rude. <laughs> Just send <laughs> also them means back. They probably dead. won't leave. Take their stuff away. Tidy up. It's so str- a moat. He's like a strange mix of Hitler and Wiley e. Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> Why on is earth a sitcom waiting to happen? <laughs> I mean, it's just so. Here's here's the thing about um, a moat at the border to prevent immigrants. I'm not sure if he's been to the border, but it's a desert. <laughs> it is dry. Um, a moat might not last in the desert. I don't think alligators are native to the desert, as are snake. Like snakes, you could put in the <sighs> moat, but again, to expect a watery moat. In the desert, uh, it seems a little unrealistic. Right. I mean, the way I'm hearing it, Hari, is you, Hari Kondabolu, are suggesting a dry moat full of snakes to stop immigrants getting in. Is that correct? That is an interesting way to to to, to uh, interpret what right. I said. What about no, I, I, make it into a ball pit? <laughs> right. Balls don't evaporate like water does. Also, I mean, ball pits are... No one, no one comes out of a ball pit. They're a lot pit. of... Uh, alive? Oh, I mean, they're a lot of fun, aren't they? I don't That's know. That's a distraction, isn't it? I mean, who could not... I mean, if you're presented with the option of walking across a border or playing in a ball pit, mm. ball pit's going to win every every day of the decade. I th- it would be kind of interesting, though, if they had, like, a zip line and a ball pit, and if you fall into the ball pit, you have to go back, but if you make it past uh, the ball pit, you get to stay. Uh, I was thinking about that, and then I realized that uh, these are human beings uh, with families to feed and real-life consequences. I have a question. Um, what would be the real consequences if there were no borders and no nationality? Because it seems like a pretty arbitrary system. Um, Helen, I think you could probably do a you know a 200-episode series of podcasts on that question, could you not? Yeah, but if you give me, like, the 14-second answer, right. Andy. Well, the pitch. <laughs> yeah. um, Just well, the headlines. I mean, from my point of view, it would really ruin international sport. It would make it, I mean, absolute... Absolute mayhem. But then you have shirts versus skins. Right. Like the old days. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm shirts. I'm definitely shirts. <laughs> well, they tried it in Antarctica and everyone left. What do you mean everyone left? How busy was it? <laughs> well, I mean, we don't know. But and there's no one there now. So let's assume there's that. There's quite a lot of people there now. What? They're in research bases mainly. Yeah, they don't count. <laughs> Trump has threatened to sh- just shut the border, which presumably has certain logistical consequences given that America exports £200 billion worth of uh, goods across that border. So is it? I mean, is it a problem in reality? And I guess the question then is, what is reality anyway? Are we not all living in worlds of our own perceptions? If I may, may quote Donald Trump himself in one of his more philosophical moments, um, I mean, does 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 reality actually matter in when you have a moat full of crocodiles? I mean, it really depends how rich you are, doesn't it? What reality? Whether reality matters or not. Um, so, what is the threshold for reality mattering in terms of? Well, I think it's richness plus plus a, a sociopathic lack of conscience. Right. And that means and privilege. No, equals reality no longer impacts you. Well, you don't have to give a shit about it and you can get away with it. Right. Oh, it's good to have a dream, isn't it? <laughs> 
If you enjoyed that little snippet of a bugle from the past, uh, why not listen to the bugle from the present? Available now at thebuglepodcast.com and anywhere else you can acquire podcasts on the internet. And don't miss your chance to see the bugle live in March 2024 on our UK tour. Tickets and venue details also at thebuglepodcast.com. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.